All right, yeah, we could just, we're, we're rolling so we can just talk, or how do you want to get into this? Um. What do we got lined up? Kanye making music in Wyoming? Is. I don't know much about that, I just know he's uh, out there. Uh, no one knows much about no him besides the fact that he's out there. Bound. That's the intriguing part about it all. The thing is, like, you know, I saw this last night and I was saying, it's just like, you know, we know what his, his Paris album sounds like. Yeah. We know what his Hawaii album, album sounds like. Yeah. I'm curious to see what the Mountains of Wyoming album sounds like. Yeah, and like the big thing with Kanye is he's got this love of human voices. Like if you listen to his music, a lot of the background yeah. is like contorted music or contorted Bonnie voices. Bear, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. so you know, out, out in the, the 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 plains of Wyoming, I feel like he's going to embrace nature to a certain degree, and Ooh. maybe some kind of have natural sounds in there. But yeah, I was really, just, I was just very yeah, excited to hear once I heard that he was out in Wyoming making music that just got me very excited yeah um because Why? wyoming is the population of about five people and he's very alone as he said he's well, gonna embrace i think he will embrace yeah the solitude the isolation I mean, you know kanye had a little a little trouble recently as we know you know mentally so this could be good for him to kind of retreat is, retreat it, into it the wilderness mental health awareness uh month nick so thank you bring that forward well i mean wyoming <laughs> is you know jared allen went to went to college there one of my favorite football players and he seems to be a pretty stand-up guy in my book. I would say so. Jared Allen is my favorite, easily one of. I'm not going to say he's my favorite of all time, but my favorite non-redskin of all time. If you haven't seen the video one of him of. spear hunting in a tree and taking down a buck, I would highly suggest checking it out on YouTube. And for those of you who didn't know, I used to have a mullet, and uh, the reason behind it was Jared Allen. I, I remember watching a video, I think it was only like a minute, 20 seconds, of him talking about his mullet. Yeah. And I never felt such passion mm-hmm. in my life. Never felt more alive. Exactly. And, and it was it was something where it just kind of struck me where I was like, this is something that I need to do. Yeah. And I feel like it was within a week that, that we ended up doing it or something like that. Yeah. And from then it was just, uh, it was history. That mullet, it just, just. Legendary. Just, it was flowing. It was a great time. The design yeah, the, sh- the shave, The shave in the side. Yeah. That was a great time for a. Uh, for you personally and for all your friends and everyone around you too it was it was quite a time and, and there's been a lot of recent times where I miss it a lot and have considered bringing it back but who knows you know as Kevin Garnett said anything is possible yeah you know I don't even want to go down a, you know a sad road here but the mullet I feel was a big part of the fantasy factor adventure in our lives it really was I and mean that's how I mean people like Rob kind of started I feel like he remembered the mullet and I think he remembered our shenanigans outside yeah. in the front and um, on that note, rest in peace to yeah, Christopher man. Big Black Boykin, man. So sad. 45 years old. Passed away from a heart attack, I believe. Yeah. But he was, I feel like a lot of people our age love that show. Both, you know, Rob and Big and The Fantasy Factory, as well kind of carrying a ridiculousness. And he was just a big part of that. I feel like everyone, everyone loved Big Black. There was no one there that really didn't like him, I could say. Well, and that's the thing is there would be no Rob and Big, obviously. There would be no Fantasy Factory. There would be no ridiculousness without big black exactly you know what I'm saying and and whether you know it or not he's been such a huge part of what MTV has done yeah like it's incredible man and, and it's, it sucks to see him go I never was a part of your Fantasy Factory adventures but I do remember seeing pictures on social media of you guys outside the Fantasy Factory and all I could think was they're, they're back at it again and yeah. it's, it's going to be an adventure for them I mean really quickly Jesse and I and our other friend Joe have snuck into the fantasy factory that Rob Beardick owns in Los Angeles one time for a party and one time we were invited in yeah. by Rob um, 
that's a whole other story in itself. That but, is, that is. But that was uh, quite an adventure. We went to a Halo Reach launch party. We had no business being at. <laughs> had no clue it was a Halo yeah, Reach launch party in the first place. Professional athletes, Justin Bieber made an appearance. Bieber was there, like Dan Heron was there. We got free copies of the games. Who's the that one chick you went up and said hi to? Uh, TV show. Oh, oh, Audrina from the Hills. Yeah, <laughs> I introduced myself to Audrina yeah, from said, the Hills. I, I do know. remember that. I know. He put up some, put some <laughs> games in. He said, "What's up?" There are a few things in the past uh, few minutes that I wanted to mention. First of all, with Wyoming, uh, shout out to Larry Nance Jr. who went to Wyoming True. as a Laker. We yes, love, we love him on the Lakers. And you mentioned uh, Justin Bieber, Jesse. Now I don't know if you guys have heard. Uh, there's I'm a big fan of it. I know you were a big fan of it. We saw your story both on Snapchat and Instagram, or I did at least. Yes, yes. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I even went to the Instagram story because I was a big fan of it. <laughs> I saw I you made that move. I usually don't uh, do Instagram story as we talked about. I have some beef with it as we talked about. I'm a Snapchat I guy. Know, right? But the Justin Bieber Migos remix, I guess you It's really it. just this bad and bougie wave of their remixes on other tracks. And the latest one was Baby by Justin Bieber. I have not heard you this You haven't yet. heard this one? Yeah, check that out. It's all over Twitter. It's a Migos remix of it Baby? It starts as Baby, you know, you got the chorus of yeah, Baby, yeah. and the right the chorus ends, it goes into the first verse of Bad and Bougie. Oh, so it's just a mashup. It's just the same thing, yeah, it's another mashup. Oh, it's not like an official... Oh, no, not an official <clears throat> remix. Got it, got it, got it. That would, uh, that'd be I, too much. I might just have to play it just in case we can't get this onto the podcast, and, and it's uh, in the yeah. way we usually get audio, so I'm just going to do a quick play of this. I, also, though, I, I mean, let's talk about this. The Khaled track is beautiful. Yeah, I'm the one with, is, is with going. the exception of Wayne's verse, which was a little disappointing to me. I mean, I think the whole thing kind Khaled, of slaps. It's a it's a summer vibe for sure. Khaled smartly as a DJ put Wayne last because he knows that you can just kind of mix, mix that, that out. out. <laughs> yeah. One of one of the biggest travesties in mix out history yeah. is how many times two chains gets mixed off of Mercy. Yeah, that's And he true. has the best verse yeah, on that song, but he's the last verse. And it's, it's already a pretty long song. Yeah, it is a long song. So they'll mix him off of it, but that's easily the best verse on the song. Just side note. Yeah, and I have, I have the clip here. Before I play it, you know, I'm not the biggest Justin Bieber fan, as you guys may know. I did like original Justin Bieber, young Justin Bieber, and he was still an innocent kid. <coughs> Um, what? No, no, let me what explain. Let me explain. No, let me explain. What? Let me explain. <laughs> he was as he someone was, who loves all of Bieber, like no, that's not the no, Bieber like that love. Is, that is a Bieber that I like because he was an innocent kid who wasn't you know brainwashed and by fame and turned into this little bratty teenager. He was just a little kid singing about love. I, I loved his vibe <laughs> back in the day, and and so this song. You would rather listen to one less lonely girl than sorry. You know. I have a soft spot for uh, Young Bieber, and as weird as that sounds, I'm very sus right now. I'm very questionable road we're going down right now. Well, I'm just going to play this, and we'll get off the road. I'm not mad at that at all. Bad and Bougie, you know, really works with anything as a generational song. That that is like one of those songs that's gonna go down like as the song of the year. Yeah, yeah. Rap Yearbook 2016 was that 2016? I guess. No, that's 2017. I don't know when the actual release of it was. Whichever it year it is, was 16, I don't think it'll be, it'll be hard to be, be either way. That was, that was a, I mean, that was just a, it was a moment. Migos, this whole Migos era is a moment. No, that for sure was 2016, because we played yeah, it, it was on, on uh, New Year's Eve, I remember that. Yeah. Um, 
Josh and with that, that, and with that, <laughs> oh, you were going to say something? No, no, please take it away. Uh, I was just saying on that note, we would love to welcome our audience officially into episode 13 of Cautiously Optimistic. Yeah. Some would call that a baker's dozen. We just call it episode 13. We're happy about it. I don't know what, don't, like, some would call it. it a baker's dozen, <laughs> sure. I mean, we would call it a baker's dozen, if I guess we, that'd be a fact, so yeah. If we wrote clues for the New York Times crossword, then we would call it a baker's dozen, but we don't. The we first just, thing that I thought yeah. of when I heard episode 13 is baker's dozen. That just came to mind. You want to know the first thing I thought when I heard episode 13? Hmm. Episode 13. Yeah. Here we go. We've, this maybe, is the 13th episode. Yeah, maybe lucky 13. Anyway. These these NBA playoffs, it's even been discussed with the players. Uh, it's kind of just seemed like a breeze for both the Cavs and the Warriors. Not uh, not a loss yet for either team. Uh, not really a challenge. I mean, they both had some kind of close games down the stretches of. of let's the keep games. it. Let's keep it real. Before the Pacers were challenged them. They challenged them. There you go. I just want to make uh, that clear. I mean, Utah was within five a couple times and then the games too. So I guess that would be a challenge, but. Either way, it's it's really just been domination from both the the teams we expected, I guess. And Nick and I both said, you know, the Cavs were not they're not to be worried about. They're going to get it rolling, and they have the Warriors. We all just kind of knew it was going to happen. So, I don't. Know, what do you guys take on this? Has this been too easy for them? Has this has this been even enjoyable to watch? Well, no. What I was going to say was this has been such a breeze for both teams that uh, the only really contentious issue in both of these series falls in the Warriors series, and that is. The situation between mainly Sully and I. I don't know how Jesse feels about it. No, I'm I'm in there. I just <laughs> decided to. There is we have a group he's, text and yeah. a group chat. He's not a big texter. When, well, he's when when it comes into like when I have to like type more than two lines, I probably just won't <laughs> do it. Like and I'd I rather knew that. just talk about it. Yeah, I knew that. So like, but but watching you guys go back and forth was was interesting and, and fun because it's always nice to see uh, Nick be wrong like that, you know. But anyway, and what we were arguing about. <laughs> as we mentioned on a, briefly on an earlier podcast, is Draymond Green. And I think it's just time to get into it for the podcast, for the listeners, and see I what mean, they yeah, think. yeah, they deserve to hear... We, we've had some hot, pretty hot some hot takes on this. And um, this, isn't, this isn't the first time, and this is not going to be the last time that we no. get into a Draymond yeah, argument. Yeah, absolutely but, not. I mean, let's, let's go for it. Let's go for it. So I guess we can get, jump into it by uh, centering it around Draymond's comments about Kelly Olenek calling him a dirty player. Yeah, what are you Well, he's thinking? not wrong. I mean, yeah, I mean, all right. I'll give, that's the one thing I'll back Draymond up is that he's not wrong. You're just not the person to say it. Yeah, he should be the one talking about it. That's what matters, you know, is, is they just keep putting a microphone in front of him and he keeps saying exactly what the media wants to hear. You know, he he just feeds, you know, the the quotes for the press and, and, and he, he's just the easiest person to get riled up. You don't even need to get him riled up. He'll just say the thing that he's not supposed to say. And it's just, you know, keep your mouth shut, man. You play with two of the best players in the, in the league on your team. You know, it's easy to talk when you're on top, which is the main thing we've talked about. Is it is easy to talk shit when you're on top of the game, and he's never been in a situation where he's been on the bottom. And you said Nick, we talked about that he didn't start his career as a starter, and the Warriors kind of elevated their play once he became uh, part of the starting lineup. But either way, you know, it's not about him. He certainly is a big piece of the team, but he has helped out so much by his teammates. Unlike any other player in the league, I would say. He came into the, the best situation possible for him. All right, as I said to you in our argument off the air, I'm going to call you out again as an unabashed Warriors hater. And you, you admitted that. You're a Warriors hater. But unfortunately, it, it, it seems to be taken away from uh, what you should be appreciating about uh, Draymond's game because he is such a versatile player, and he really is someone 
who has a passion that should be respected. And yes, he's yes he talks trash and he has stuff to say and he's loudmouth, but he's on the Warriors, a great team. He's a major reason why they're a great team. I think he deserves to be able to speak his mind because at the end of the day, the NBA is an entertainment business. He's entertaining. I enjoy Draymond Green's antics and yes, he had he's kicked a few people in in the nuts or whatever. And we're gonna start calling him P Square because he's a penis pusher. <laughs> he really is. So your argument, Sully, you know, we, we, we both, here at Cautiously Optimistic, we're Lakers fans. In the, at, yes. In the I don't know about you sometimes, Nick. So we, we talk about Kobe. He's our favorite player, all three of us. And you were arguing that Kobe's different in the way that he approaches the game of basketball. And I'm saying that Draymond, you know, just because be, I'm a Laker fan doesn't mean I can't appreciate a good team, a good player on a good team. Draymond is a good player on a good team, a great team. He's, he's a, he is a good player. He's not what everyone says he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's okay. You put put him on a team without Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and he's not that dude. He's not. Mm-hmm. It's simply not true. His defense will suffer from it too because he has to handle more of a load offensively if he's going to go to another team and be that guy, which is what he'd be paid to do if he were to go to another team and be the guy, the number one dude. Okay, that's what he'd be paid to do. You have to handle more of a load offensively. It's going to take away from his defensive game. He's going to come over and he's going to start getting guarded by better players. And every single shot he takes is not going to be unguarded. He's not going to make those shots. He's not going to put up numbers offensively. And his defense is going to suffer because he's trying to work too hard on the offensive end because he doesn't have three perennial all-stars around him. Yeah, and another thing, just to add to that, I mean, you say we got to respect Draymond, but then you also say that this is an entertainment. So why would I respect the way that the league is going, making it an entertainment, when I would just want to respect the game of basketball, you know? That's what I appreciate, is playing the game the right way. Draymond kicking and flailing. We've all played basketball our entire lives. How many times have you done that on the court? Knowingly. Like, or unknowingly, I'm saying. Like, just kick out like that. You know, it doesn't happen very much. Doesn't happen, does it? I'm not going to defend and, his kicking. No, say, you're defending him. You say we should respect this guy. Those types of things make you unrespectable in my mind. You say he's like Kobe, has that same kind of mindset. He doesn't because we've never seen him on a, on a team where he has to will him to victory. Kobe, for a stretch of his career, what? When has he done that? When has he been the one guy? You're really going to say that he's oh, he's been carrying the whole load? He sparked little comebacks. He sparked runs within the he's Warriors' not, games. Obviously, he's not. But Kobe willed an entire team to a playoff spot multiple times. You know, We've seen Kobe play on bad teams and make them better. If you take Draymond and put him on the Nets right now, how much better are they? They're better. not that much. Yeah, Draymond is the heart and soul of the Warriors. He may not be oh. the most talented player on the team, but he's up there. He's, he's yeah. Okay, listen. So when you say up there, do you I mean, mean top saying, five? You're really, sure. you're really saying that if you put him on the Nets, how many games in this year? Let's say they could. You think they're a 25 win team with Draymond? He gives them some wins. I, I'm not, three I'm, wins. That's it. Whereas I don't know about that. I'd probably give him maybe five to ten more wins with Draymond. Ten, Dray- I don't know about Draymond. That. Okay, let, let me let me say something. So at the beginning, yeah. when we did our player preview about a month ago, we were discussing defensive player of the year, and mm-hmm. I was vouching for Draymond. And you guys said, let's see what he does in these playoffs against these teams. So in the in the first round, he was the, obviously the best defensive player on in the series, and he also followed that up in the second round, best defensive player in the series, leading the Warriors in defensive rebounds, steals, blocks doing all these things on defense that you guys just don't seem to appreciate or notice, but 
he's doing these things and helping them win. Yes, well, they're 8-0, and that's the reason. Defense wins championships. He's the best defensive player on the team. If you if you take your nose out of the stat sheet and watch the game, you can see that all he has to do is play defense and take wide-open shots. That's all he's done in every series they've played. So I understand, yeah, he's played great defense, but he really only has to concentrate on one end of the floor, which, which he just, is... He he just, might... He's a distributor, too. He gets he got a triple-double in the closeout game against the Jazz. All right, he, a distributor on that team, any of us could be distributors on that team. He's standing no, at the top of the key. I'm putting up eight assists Seriously, a game Seriously, you don't think that you could go and just pass to Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Kevin that, Durant? That's obviously a very nice luxury it's to have. It's a huge part of it. He it? does make nice plays sometimes, but it's not enough to say, like, oh, he's a triple-double guy. Russ Wilson... Or, sorry, Russ Westbrook. I always do that. But <laughs> he, you know, he created his triple-doubles. He forces well. He willed his way to ten assists. 10 rebounds and at least 10 points a game. And it's not that he's trying to get a triple-double with no. the way Russ does it. He has to. Yeah, and I'm saying Draymond just, you know, it's easy to stand out there. You can see him at the, you know, he stands at the top of the key. He can pass it out. When they penetrate, they always leave him. He gets wide open three opportunities. He knocks him down, and he's doing his job. I give him props for that. But it all comes down to, like, what the argument is here is if you take him off that team, put take him off that perfect situation, he's not the player that he is. So, okay, I understand that. and that I, My whole thing is... We, we, we talked about Kobe as a sort of comparison to Draymond, and you were saying... Which know, for, that terrible should comparison. never be done. No, no, we just brought that should up. Should never be done. But. No, not, not comparison in terms of like overall talent and greatness, but you know, you were saying you can't respect Draymond for two kicks that he did in the playoffs. Yes, that was a bad moment for him. And a punch. And a, I mean, there's multiple, multiple instances. And, and, like, and also attempt, other attempts that he's he did. He's had 44 with. technical fouls in his career. And you know... Yes, okay. 44 texts. Kobe's had a lot of texts, too. I'm just saying. Yeah, Kobe the passion, 20 years. No, I'm just saying, though. Like, Kobe is, a, is similarly, you know, as a person, when he played, was probably an asshole. Like, Kobe, we love Kobe because he has passion, and then it rubs people the wrong way. Draymond plays with passion, and it's the same sort of yeah, but What you're missing is that Kobe has everything to back it up. He's got the scoring ability. He can play, you know, all-league defense, and he, you know, willed teams to playoffs. He willed teams to titles. He's, you know, been... He's won... I think he's knocked out more 51 teams in the playoffs than any player ever before him. True. So True. why why can't we even compare those two? It, it, to say, you know, that they play with the same tenacity, sure. Lots of players in the league have that win. And they rub tenacity. people the wrong way. They both rub but people the, the wrong you way. You know, no, there's a difference. I understand they rub people the wrong way, but Kobe has the stuff to back it, whereas Draymond does not. I would argue that Draymond... As we said, as I said, the Warriors as we know them now, as this great team that won a championship... Made it to the finals and is going to be make it to the finals again. That Maybe. that iteration, that that iteration. Okay, I'm just saying Kobe is a when you know, Draymond was inserted into the starting lineup for David Lee, who got injured before the 2014-2015 season. Everything changed for the Warriors. They were not even final uh, finals favorites that year, but they made the finals and won the finals. And what was the difference between the year before? There was Kerr and, and there was Draymond in the starting lineup. And I agree. I'm telling you that he's in the perfect situation. We keep saying that. And you're just proving my point. You keep telling me that he was the. But thing. he's the reason. But he's David Lee and Draymond Green are, of course, very different players. The Warriors thought David Lee was the better player, obviously, before they put Draymond. They played differently. Exactly. They found that out once Draymond got into the starting lineup and showed what he can do. That's what I'm saying. You're making an argument of he's better than David Lee. Congratulations. You're better than David Lee. That's not the argument. Nobody's making an argument that David... What what is then? You're talking about how everything changed when he's inserted over David Lee. Like, yes... You you could put other players besides David Lee in that scenario and they'll still do the same thing. Yeah, I'm saying it, it wouldn't. I agree. It's, with Draymond's not the only not, dude yeah. that can do this it's on this not, team. He, it's not that Draymond was uniquely individual in saying that you could put him in that so, spot and made them better. There are other players in the league. So why do the war, why couldn't the Warriors get past the second round or whatever the year before with everybody else? Curry. Clay no, I agree with you. I'm just, we're saying that Draymond is not the only player in the league 
that if let's say he had so been sorry, on that sorry, team, the Warriors didn't try out every single other player in the league at that position. Yeah, I just don't like you know. I, sorry, it, I'm just I, it's just who they got, and yeah, that was a good move, and it helped the team. But I'm saying that there are other players in the league if they had been in that situation, who we would be praising similarly. I disagree. You disagree? You think disagree. he's unique? Like individually, yep. that yes. talent yes. is yes. what you're saying. So yes. you're, yes. I you're just, that's where you're wrong. I think, and that's just right. he is not that good. He is a product of a situation. He's on the best team in the league with you know. Three of the best he players in the league. Two. Situation. He was a big. He did not make that situation. situation. He made the Steph situation Curry on the team with the MVP unanimous MVP, and sh- and one of the, the best three point shooters, if not the best shooter yes. of all time. He was still the best three point shooter. He propelled that situation. He was still the best three point shooter the year before Draymond started, and they didn't make the finals. Draymond starts, they make the finals. What's the common denominator? It's Draymond. I think he is as well talented. as Steve Curry. We talk about Pop all the time. He can't okay. just knock Steve Kerr. And I mean, it's just time. as big, if not bigger. No, it's, it's the head it's coach not, of the it's team. Not as big. Luke Walton it's, was undefeated too with the same roster. It's the coach does not have that much say over what happens on the court. Yes, a little bit. Kerr is a good coach, but Luke Walton also, you know, he made the move to put Draymond in, didn't he? So that's certainly a big decision, isn't it? I mean, yeah, he he did. So I would say if Steve <laughs> Kerr hadn't been there, then this never would have happened, right? Potentially, I mean, yeah. So is it a bigger deal that Steve Kerr was a head coach than Draymond okay. being made in the start lineup? Because I think they did more. Cannot happen. I think they did it more out of, more out of necessity because he was the next in line for the. I'm the just saying. Chart. I'm just saying. But I the, think, what is it? We can put up some kind of Twitter poll about it. Yeah. I just he's Woo. not individually is not that good of a player. He's not. That's, and that's where the argument lays. You know, we're never gonna get. We're, we're, each other. we're gonna agree to disagree, but. That, that's that's a heated argument we have, and we've had it this week. We wanted to bring it to the podcast. And we'll continue to have just because Nick won't shut up about Draymond Green ever. And I'm just saying, show respect as an NBA fan for a great NBA player. That's all I'm saying. I respect I, his yeah. passion. I respect how much he cares about the game. I don't. What I don't respect is how he treats the game. I don't respect that his way out of things is kicking people in the nuts, yelling for no reason, flexing like he's actually something to be flexing about. Like... You need to chill. When you're the fourth best person on your team and you block a shot, don't don't look up, scream, get all in everybody's face when you're up 35 already. No one cares except for your fake Oracle fans. That's it. Yeah, and That's it. Those are the only people in the league that care. That's the only people in the league that respect his ridiculous antics and because they're Warriors fans and they're fake fans because guess what? In six years when this team is not the same team, they're not going to be there in that new stadium that they paid $70,000 billion for, whatever it is. That's not... They're not good fans. We know that. They, they, Yeah, they came up. They came up when they, the Warriors were up against the Jazz, the 8-1. That was really fun. That was a team that was fun to watch. Baron Davis banging on Andre Kirilenko. They came up for the playoffs. Where were they all year? Not there. I'm just going to close with one last thing to wrap <laughs> this up. This argument's gone on a little too long, but it is a valid argument to have. I'm just going to say, when Kobe was in his final year playing the Lakers, our beloved Kobe, who was the player on the Warriors who he gave his shoes to, out of all those talented players, it was Draymond. Kobe sees himself in Draymond. Oh, my that, God. He sees that, the passion. That's it. Yeah. And I'm just saying, I'm going to leave it at that. Who does, who does Kobe respect on that team? He respects Draymond the most. And that's all i got to say about that. You also don't know that. Yeah, you have no idea. You, you don't know, know who he respects the most. Kobe's he, opinion. He probably respects Draymond, yes. <laughs> he just you don't had, know who he respects the most. He had his shoes off. Draymond was there, so he gave him to Draymond. That's literally what it could have been. What, from what I've Kobe's seen, given his shoes to kids in the stands. No, I'm just saying, from what I've seen... Either Kobe's and that night, he respected that kid in I'm the stands saying, the most. I'm just saying, what I've seen from Kobe's relationship with the Warriors, it's always him talking to Draymond, always giving hugs and daps to Draymond and pointers to Draymond. Rather than mm. Steph or Clay or any of the other talented players on the team, that's that's, a, that's all I'm saying. That's a stretch. I mean, 
If that's what I've seen. They were so close, maybe we got some off-season workouts. Like every other player in the league seems to get from Kobe. You know what? Him. You know what the quote was when he with this whole Isaiah Thomas thing right now. They asked him why he was willing to give all this help to Isaiah Thomas, and he said, "Because he had the courage to reach out to me. I reached out to Michael Jordan, blah blah blah. But his reasoning is because he reached out to me. Draymond probably reached out to him." Anyway, all right. Anyway, we'll, we'll leave on. it there. We're gonna leave it there. But if we want to talk about Isaiah a little more, we can talk about that because. The Celtics just took a 3-2 lead in their series, which is an exciting series in the sense that it's going past four games, and it's going to be six games at least, but it's not that exciting just because every every game except for one seems to be a blowout. The home team has won every game, and if it holds true, the Celtics are going to win in seven. Uh, all of us here believe that the Wizards are going to win. I still do. Um, of course, they need to improve their defense. They really just can't seem to... They need to win on the road, and they're going to have to do it. Um, obviously, they're going to have to win at home, which they've been able to do, but they're going to have to win in Game 7. What do you guys think of the series so far? Yeah, I mean, it, it's really just been a home team-dominated series, and I guess it's it kind of makes it boring at times, too, when we talked about that, but they certainly have had some excitement in these games, and, and the high scoring is fun. The streaks are fun. I think Washington kind of figured out how to play offensively against the Celtics for a while. They were posting up Isaiah and, and really utilizing their height. Um, but the Celtics have, have made adjustments, and obviously this win at home has put them in the lead. So, I don't know. I still have confidence in the Wizards. I think that John Wall will come through in Game 7, but um, they really, like you said, Nick, they're really going to step up their defense if they have any chance of, of winning the series, especially playing on the road in Game 7. Yeah, it seemed like in those games in Washington, they really did figure it out, like you said, So, But then today, they offensively, A, they went away from everything, like, they tried to go to Brad Beal, but I mean, I mentioned this on the last podcast. Bradley Beal posting up Isaiah Thomas isn't that much better. He's not a post-up player. They need to run him off screens, and they didn't do that today. Um, they didn't switch. They you just run a screen or roll and get someone with like Otto Porter and get Otto posted up, and then you can do that. Uh, they were running a screen roll at the top for John Wall, dribble to the right, two dribbles, pulled up at the elbow. He has at least twenty points off of that specific play this series. Didn't see it once today. So they were going away from a lot of things. Marquise Morris looked lethargic. But then on the other side of the ball, it was a combination of they looked bad defensively, first of all, but then Avery Bradley was just red yeah. hot. I mean, yeah. he was 10 of 13 in the first quarter. Al Horford was six of his first six. I don't know uh, when his first miss came. Um, but I know they were 15. Those two combined were 15 of 18 in the first half. So it's like they, it was a combination of bad defense and they were unconscious. Avery Bradley came out today. And that was huge. And if every Bradley's going to put up another 25-point performance, Wizards is going to lose. But that's not something that he's been doing, so I don't know if something that the Celtics can count on. Uh, Brad Beal needs to step up his defense uh, if he's not on Isaiah. Whoever's going to be on Avery Bradley can't just leave him because he was getting a lot of open shots today, and that was, I think, a big problem. Was defense was terrible, and Celtics took advantage. Yeah, it's tough, too, just when they switch... Uh pick and roll with Isaiah and, and Morris has to guard him he just has no chance and they've done that all series and it's just easy easy bug for the Celtics I don't know if the Wizards can make an adjustment to to beat them on the road that's it's, it's just so tough for them you know they just haven't they've had so many opportunities to do it you know they've, they've had close games they've had the lead but they just can't really seem to play a full 48 minutes of basketball I think that's what it comes down to but and that's because they don't really have a good bench the yeah, bench is that severely outplayed every every time by the Celtics who just have better players on the bench better deeper team um, but again the Wizards do have the, I would say the best player in the series in John Wall and that should matter in these next two games 
or yeah. Well, John Wall started terribly today too. Like yeah. he was one for his first eight or something like that. Same yeah. in game four too. He started over nine, I think. And they picked it up, and he just didn't do it as well today. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the biggest issue I think is it's Scott Brooks, and and one thing that we've seen him prove from his days in Oklahoma City is he's not a great coach when it comes to making adjustments in game or in between games yeah, and series, right. and uh, I think that's the reason why you know those great OKC teams never were able to win one. Uh, yeah. So it, I don't have faith in Scott Brooks to be able to get this done, to be perfectly honest. But, I mean, I hope he, I hope he can lead him in and make an adjustment, but I just don't believe him. I think I think they can still win the series even you know, with you Scott Brooks. The, you have the wins in the finals, though. I, think. I do, and I still do. But I'm saying I don't think that I, – I think they still can win the series, but it's going to be because of John Wall and, and uh, big performances from some, like someone who you're not expecting, like a Gortat or a Kelly Oubre comes out and has a huge game. Um not necessarily because Scott Brooks made an adjustment. Sure, sure. And then uh, the other series, which I would say is probably the most exciting series left mm-hmm. in the playoffs, Definitely. and in, the, in this round at least, is Spurs-Rockets. And it's been going back and forth. You know, Rockets took the 1-0 lead, Spurs come back with two, Rockets tied up. And then we have a overtime thriller in San Antonio um, last night, which was Tuesday night. To Spurs win in overtime to go up 3-2. Lots of storylines here. Obviously, Manny Ginobili with a dunk, turning back the clock. We had and then the block and the block yeah. on on James Harden. Lots of memes coming out of that. And but Kawhi sat out over time. He might be out for Game Six. Which if he is out for Game Six, I don't see the, any chance how the Spurs can win uh, without their MVP. Um, and of course, uh, D'Antoni without a mustache is also an interesting uh, situation developing it's, in yeah, this series. It weirds me out. I mean, he's been doing that all year, but that series, I still. It's weirdly enough, I feel very confident the Rockets will win. You know, I don't think Ginobili can repeat that type of performance. He played, you know, like it was 1999 again. Uh, I couldn't believe it. That block was huge at the end. That was a savvy veteran play right there. Old man at the park going, you know, mm-hmm. over the top, blocking the shot like that. Um, I just, you know, when it comes down to it, I think Harden... Game six, I'm not even that worried about, honestly. I think they're going to take care of business. I don't think Kawhi... I wouldn't be surprised if they arrest him, too, kind of, to a certain degree, especially if they get down early. Um, the Nene injury is, is troubling, I think. That's the biggest thing for me that, that does make it a little more difficult. Um, he was such a big factor, and having them you know, only go to seven guys, the, that whole game, seven-man rotation... Um, in the way they play, in the way they play too, is is really tough, and I don't, you know, that certainly doesn't bode well for their longevity throughout the playoffs. Before this series, I think if, if they go unconscious from three, there's no reason they can't win it. But that's the thing. I, I that's why I think the Spurs, even if Kawhi can't play the next game, they'll lose that. But in Game Seven, they'll win that because they're kind of counting on going unconscious from three, especially with Nene out. Uh, they and the way they play. I don't think they're going to have legs like that in the fourth quarter to be able to consistently hit shots down the stretch if they're only going seven-man with the way that D'Antoni runs the system and the way the Rockets play. It's going to be really tough. Um, you hope Kawhi can play because you never want to see someone like that go down. But, I, I mean, Kawhi doesn't play. They lose. Kawhi's got to play game seven. They win. Mm. I think it's that simple. But I think most importantly, thoughts on the no mustache D'Antoni, the, the Pringles comparisons are no longer applicable here. Uh, it's a bit disconcerting. I just noticed it last game. I'm not sure if it was something that had been going on earlier in the year. Yeah, he's uh, been doing it. I think it year. is. I think yeah, it has been all season. Yeah. I, I just noticed it, and I don't know. I was I was um, 
something I, I noticed something was off with him and then <laughs> you just you figured yeah, it out I figured it out it's one of the things that you just kind of your mind just attaches the mustache there if it's there or not mm-hmm. you know and you can look at him and, and I really just still picture him with the mustache even when it's not there it's very odd and I mean D'Antoni's also terrible in the first place and then without the mustache <laughs> like you shaved the one semi-decent thing about you as, you yeah. know, what are you doing, guys? And, just, and, and speaking of the coaches, too, we do have a chance at a former Laker coach matchup in the finals. It'd have to go really... Or in the in the Western Conference finals. Ah, uh, yes. With uh, Mike Brown currently yeah. leading the Warriors yes. and D'Antoni. <laughs> very good point. Uh, I know. I think that's always very interesting, too. And yeah. I just like I thought about that. You know, people can make the argument that, like, well, what, look at what the Lakers have done. They've let go two of these coaches. <laughs> and I know Mike Brown is the head assistant. But at the same time, the Lakers, you know, they hire coaches to win championships. And neither of those two did it, so. And that's why we got Luke Walton. Exactly. The the young goat, I would say. And speaking of the Lakers and Luke Walton, we are less than a week away, boys, for the oh. NBA draft lottery. I am sending magic? Yeah, magic. Sending magic. I am wearing, uh, for those listening on the podcast who can't see, I am wearing a Lakers sweatshirt. Just so he can reaffirm this, that he's yeah. a, a Lakers fan because we don't know anymore. And also to reaffirm that in case there isn't some kind of video feed that I thought was going on, you cannot see us. Yeah. It's just, just our voices. And also to reaffirm that I am hoping for good things for the Lakers. That's why I'm wearing this uh, sweatshirt. Uh, we are, yeah, I'm, I'm very nervous about what's going to be happening here on Tuesday night. Uh, as we know, the Lakers have about a 50-50 chance to keep their top three pick. You know, this pick we've talked about before is very important. There are some good players in the draft. It's all, it could also be used as a trade chip. Uh, it's just very important that they keep it. And, you know, they've been keeping their picks the past two years. This one, for some reason, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel super great about it. I'm kind of already bracing myself for the worst, but hoping for the best. Do you guys have any thoughts about the upcoming draft lottery? I feel like we're going to get the first pick. Nice. I weirdly yeah. do too. I really, like, really, I feel good about it. I'm not like thinking about it too much because yeah. there's nothing we can really do. No. Except and there's no like, it's just a hope thing at this point. So yeah. yes, I hope we get one of the top three picks. And I, I, I feel like, I feel like we're gonna get the first pick. Yeah, I just feel like it feels like this is gonna be that that one thing. The issue is I just have no idea who it would take. Definitely Lonzo. You got you guys hear his, his bars the other day. We're not going to talk about Lonzo's bars. Well, not, Jesse, just because he went to UCLA, you can't deny the fact that he uh, was a pretty good rapper, and he's following in the footsteps of some great Lakers who tried to be rappers earlier in their careers, like, say, Shaq and Kobe. Perhaps Lonzo is following in their footsteps. We're going to trying, take, trying we're have to take a quick break uh, yeah. from the podcast while Nick takes a lap. Yeah. <laughs> Why? No. Just, oh, man. No. I mean, I'm not, I'm not feeling the rap. Avoid it if you're a pro athlete. Dame Lillard. He's not that bad, He's though. not that bad, but still... Not that great. Lonzo wasn't that bad either. Shaq, he's got the comedy raps. I appreciate that. Um, Kobe, the only good thing that came was that he met Vanessa on the set. Underrated best basketball player rap song. Justin and I have talked about this. Champions were on our test. That's That's, uh, that is the greatest favorite. athlete rap I, song in the history of... The I can't more, think of another one. More like an anthem, I would call it. It uh, really is an anthem. Yeah. And, that's, and no one else has put out an anthem, you know? We talked about this a week. I mean, I played that and Lil Wayne's Kobe Bryant on repeat uh, yes. for literally a week yeah. after we won the championship. And speaking of big Lil, Lil, Lil Wayne fans, Kristaps uh, Porzingis, Ooh. Mm-hmm. he recently, he or some member of his team, you know, tossed out that tweet, that which was uh, L.A. Clippers and three sarcastically smiling faces, essentially. Uh, and it, it got people stirred up, Gar, because I don't think he would tweet that out. No one's kind of that. He's not that dumb. Well, he's not that dumb, and that doesn't make up tweet. Was, yeah. Come on, B. <laughs> Which I, I mean, yeah. that's how you know he really learned yeah. English. American culture. 
And he was like, nah, I feel pretty confident. I go on World Star Hip Hop every day. He faces in the yeah, corner. not so, the, he would go cry laughing. Like, As you dude, could tell from his emojis, was his number one. All the time. He's so, a real one. You yeah, won't, I, I'll, and you I'll, won't see that smile. For sure a clear on this. I'll guarantee it. Well, his, his response, his quote was, I was hacked last night and a post was made for my account for, for them going after him. And then later he says, I would never tweet something like that. It was his... He, he posts a screenshot of his re- frequently used emojis, yeah. and it's true. That's some uh, of course, shady, shady business going on. He's got on. the cake in there. He has, the cake. So let's take a look at... Actually, let's take a holding that uh-huh. hand through his face. The shrug, the dude shrugging. The, the PJ soccer ball. There. The soccer ball is there. And then the middle finger. So he has... Uh, Chris Epps is good. Like, if we could trade for Chris Epps, I'm 150% in. For the future of Brandon Ingram and Porzingis next to each other in the front court. Woo! You got a message that he didn't he's even. Not, he's not about that New York uh, infrastructure, and he's, yeah. they, he has to better shape this thing up. Or I'm just gonna go back to Latvia, and yeah, he's playing for the Latvia national. Is a legend. Yeah, he's an OG already, and he's re- he really is a Laker at heart. Yeah. That's how also I he's know he wouldn't have LA tweeted guy. LA Clippers because he knows better than that. Yeah, he knows if he's LA coming guys. to LA, he's coming to the Lakers. Yeah. Um, whenever you're ready. Uh, let's let's switch it up, and we'll, we'll get into some of that stick talk. Talking about Major League Baseball, specifically the <laughs> uh, weird mask off. You think you'd be all over it, huh? Team haven't lost since the last, pod- last podcast, so it's pretty much uh, um, the one one you know sad note to report today was we found an awkward fall in the left field corner and tore his ACL, and he's going to miss the rest of the season unless he's eighteen, which which really sucks because Tolles had made his way into the everyday starting left fielder and a guy you can raking at the Major League level. I was a uh, that was a really gut-wrenching injury, I think. Andrew Tolles there. Sad to see him go down with that injury. Um, best, of, best of luck in his recovery. Um, he to the pitch very well. Still yeah. only 20 years old. And uh, doing it... Doing it uh, yep. We gonna be all right. Still looking very nice. Um, that game. But Ross Stripling was the pinch runner, circling the bases. Ross to God. Well, you know, if you saw him, pitchers are athletes. Get that through your head. He's the fastest man in America. Fastest man in America... Is a discussion that we might have to have, but you know, yeah, he was good. Some people don't like the pitchers on base pass, chance of injury that uh, you know has some at least an ounce of athleticism. Wants to want to run, <laughs> like he's very content chilling, taking um, huge hacks. Yeah, but the, really, like he only takes huge hacks because if, if he connects, yeah. all he wants is a homer, so he, he doesn't he have wants, to run. Yeah, well, there's no way they're gonna get him. Um, Spoken like a true pitcher, though. Uh, providing um, the pitching. Of course, it's terrible to see Andrew Toll lost for the year, but now there is uh, one less player on the roster to fold. Of course, as we discussed the last podcast, Andre Uthier is going to muddle things up when he returns. Jock Peterson is there. looks safe um, yeah. to stay f- here for a while now. And right now they brought up Brett Eidman. Um, Uthier, I don't think, will be back until at least June. You know, these beyond that, you know, Trace Thompson, that experiment I think is pretty much done. The one beauty the Dodgers have is they that's just not gonna work out for Trace. Shout out Trace, but it's not the year for him uh, to fill that void until Ethier and probably will do better than Ethier because he is just gone. I think to, it's fun, and you know, good enough to mention the, the leading average on the AAA team, McCoye Dixon, is also mm. an outfielder. Um, you know, they have Alex Verdugo is another outfielder, one of the top out prospects in all baseball. Friend of mine. Oh, not not him. He's not the same. Alex Verdugo is a. Uh, I just say, you know, Calhoun, another, he's a second base prospect, probably could play off-field athletic enough. He's been hitting well this right now. And yes, the Dodgers are about to win this game and sweep the Pittsburgh Pirates tonight here on Wednesday. Their ascension in the standings here. But now, they will be heading to Colorado to play the first real. Should the Dodgers be worried about this? And what, what do you make of the series coming up? 
This, and, and I've, today was a surprise seeing Maeda go eight and a third, I believe. Uh, it depends on your def- definition of for real. I think they'll f- they'll finish second in the NL West. Um, they look good enough. They're definitely making strides, and I like to see that because I, I like the Rockies. Uh, they're not close to the Dodgers, but that's not the issue here. <laughs> they look good, and it's good to see those young. I think that kind of says it all, as you wouldn't expect it for a reason. And we'll see how it goes. Uh, the starters have been a little better. The bullpen's been good. Um, they're just really and offensively. Largo is still a dude. Arenado, having not quite the year people expected from him. he was playing well again this season. So I, I don't know if they are for real. I think just a card game. The Giants are awful. They're really bad. We love to see that. Yeah. Like a really bad day. Like the Oklahoma City. <laughs> they, might be the, uh, they were are not the worst team, but they're down there. So it's yeah. uh, you know we we know it's it's great to see the Giants. So yeah, we're happy about that. And. It, and I like just taking, you know, thinking about teams that are bad right now and struggling. Just take a moment to, to air out Matt Harvey, a Draymond esque of baseball, extremely talented. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he does certainly a ton of bad things out the field as far mm-hmm. as not showing up, you know, not being a team guy first. He's thrilled. Yeah. Enthralled. Yeah, but assumes his thoughts. Early, it's still May, but they haven't proven themselves here. They have the pitching, which I thought would falter, has not quite faltered yet because that guy, you know, just having some struggles off the field, as he said, in New York in a big city. He's not well, it's a personal anything. struggle. Like, that's just a he struggle as a person. He the day before and drank too much. He's struggling to be uh, to a certain degree as well for not kind of strict, being strict early in his career. His future was so bright for and, the Mets, and then it all, it's falling apart so And Syndergaard, he had a start. And dude, you gotta be, you know, yeah, you gotta, you gotta get, get that in. You gotta get that dude to the They're top. paying you. They're paying. You, they're employing uh, you with, with a multi-million dollar contract. You don't say no. I'm right? pitching an MRI. One of my favorite things is I was Mets watching, look worse for that. Yeah. yeah, I was watching highly questionable and Poppy called, and I don't think he realized that he said Noah uh, De, or what Degrom's first name. About Dodger baseball right now, 2014, looking good. Big series in college. 20 and 14 <laughs> is the record. And next time we talk to you guys on the podcast, we will have an update of what happened. Oh, Bellinger Yambo. And now it's time for the fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. Swine, what you got? So McDonald's has come out with three handcrafted burgers uh, that they're they're representing. They're, they're putting out there for you. They've done this in the past. Where they kind of do their quota. I call them fancy burgers. Yeah. You know, it's not like your McDouble, your McChicken, whatever. I call them fancy burgers. Uh, and they're they're pretty good price for eighty. You get your uh, bacon Dijon. There is a barbecue sweet a barbecue bacon sweet barbecue bacon and a pico guacamole. Uh, I just tried the sweet barbecue bacon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were doing a cool little thing where from the fourth through the eighth of May, it's the tenth now. So sorry, you guys can't do it anymore. <laughs> Uh, it was you get a free drink and fries with your purchase of a handcrafted burger. Uh, so I did that. Uh, I was reminded how delicious McDonald's fries are. Oh, they're uh, the best. Because I usually don't get meals or anything when I go to McDonald's. I'll just go McDouble, McChicken, uh, maybe two McDoubles and a McChicken. You don't get the McDonald's fries when you go to McDonald's? They're no, so I, good. No, uh, I don't. It's just uh, I go the, the Dollar Mc- Menu Wizard is right. you know losing some power right there. He's more, he's more of, a, of a substance guy. He you can go bigger. you can go ahead and doubt the Dollar Menu Wizard if you'd like. <laughs> Yeah. You'd be probably, wrong probably, to. probably not a smart idea. It's a dollar, yeah. dollar menu wizard. Exactly. But go on, Jess. Um, and so it, it's a, it's a good burger. And they ask you, you know, you want beef like a regular burger patty, crispy chicken or grilled chicken, which is fun. You get your choice of meat in your burger. I like crispy chicken because I feel like you have to in that situation. Uh, in the pico guacamole, oh, yes. the pico guacamole, you probably go grilled chicken. You know, 
Um, but in this situation, I go I go crispy chicken. It was delicious. Uh, good crisp in the chicken. Always like to see some bacon. And they got the little onion ring crisp things, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not full onion rings, but those little things that they just sprinkle on top. Really delicious. I like what they're doing over there at McDonald's. And yeah, and I actually, weirdly enough, just did try this burger this week, too. And I got that same exact burger. I got the burger edition, you know, ABC hooked us up with some free coupons so Excellent. I got through obviously when you don't have to pay it's even better yes the burger honestly was a little disappointing it, was, really? it didn't taste that good I think the grilled chicken would have been better maybe I'll go I probably won't get that one again to be honest well you went yeah get get the chicken I think instead you're so smart man mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm personally still reeling from the death stare that I just received from the dollar money wizard when I doubted his talents and powers yeah uh, look I can give you reasons you if you'd like no, 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 no. I, I'm, I, I fully understand that I was in the wrong there for ever <laughs> doubting such a such a majestic being but uh, when, we, when you're talking about these fancy burgers these are the burgers I think I've seen them they kind of have like the shiny buns a darker shiny brown shiny buns for sure yeah so you can, brown, you can get the bun. artisan roll as yeah, a bun yeah. and you know you're fancy if you're getting some like artisan yeah right? artisan anything is going to be fancy yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that I saw it I, saw, I think I saw some somebody have that food in a snapchat and then I it looked like a different burger and then I saw the McDonald's bag and it was just very confused but so thank you for enlightening us and illuminating what's going on over there at McDonald's um, which you know originated the dollar menu so exactly and as you know uh, Nick needs stars he needs um, stars I do. I do so the burger in general a solid seven and a half uh, what they're doing I'm gonna add a half a point. Just wow. I like I like the three burgers, so you can kind of try different ones, come back and try new ones, That's adding promotions along with it. So that gets a half a point. So eight. So half, yeah, eight stars. Okay. Eight That's stars for you, Nick. Very good. Artisan eight artisan stars. Eight artisan stars today for That's sure. That's great. I like I like eight artisan stars every day of the week. And this has been the fast food flavor. This is the fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. You know what time it is. It's time to ask that question. What the puck? What the puck? What the puck? <laughs> as is tradition. As is tradition. To the Penguins, as is tradition. Um, Ducks won, though. Ducks yeah. won. Game they, 7 broke the streak. They beat the Edmonton Oilers in Game 7 at the Pond. And for those wondering, we unfortunately did not make it down to the Pond last week. We no. were very disappointed because of such how, just because of how big of hockey fans we are. Big hockey guys. Um, but if you check our Twitter, we you will see that we were watching Game 7 today just to prove how big of fans we are. Uh... Shout out to Nick Ritchie, great name. Nick Ritchie scored the game-winning goal in the third period in Game 7 today. The assist from Sammy Vatanen. I'm sure that's how he pronounces his name. With a hockey assist from Corey Perry. You know, we got to love those hockey assists hockey. on the What the Puck segment. And the Ducks are moving on. Uh, do we know who, the, who we they are playing in the next round? Yes. Another hockey team for sure, I would guess. You know, a t- a team assume. that plays... I, I know the Predators are through. Okay. Um, it is a hockey team, though. I think that is the one main. thing I do like about hockey is the whole you know more than one person can get an assist. I think basketball should adopt that. And it would be tough, kind of, but you know what I mean. Like the pass to create another pass happens a lot in basketball. It is. It, it it's an lot, important thing, you know? but it's not something I don't think you can keep track of in basketball. I mean, you could. It would just be all you know. Be the score is judgment the whole time. It would be very annoying as well. Yeah, but what are we talking about basketball for? We're hockey guys. It's playoff hockey. There's nothing like it. You know, you feel the vibe. 
the excitement is palpable. I can see it all Swine's face right now. The depression now. is palpable right now. Um, We're happy about hockey. it. Playoff hockey, and the Ducks are moving on, and that has been what the puck? What the puck? What the puck? And whenever you're ready. You know what time it is. Some of us got super hot and interesting takes. Some of us got shout-outs. Some of us got both. Today, no one has both. But we have a take and a shout-out, and I think believe two shout-outs today. First, I'm going to kick it over to the homie, Nico Fashow, who we're five followers away from him freestyling to bring yeah. out Nico Fashow. Tell a friend to tell a friend to follow Cautiously Pod on 100 followers, we get a freestyle from Nico Fashow. What do you got for us today? Yeah, we're getting close to 100. That's exciting. But for my take to, to today... Um, we have something that I was thinking about as we were in the What the Puck segment just a few minutes ago. And you were thinking, a hockey assist, why is it in basketball? And why are these rules that are, you know, you, have, you can have a hockey assist in baseball. I'm, in a bat, uh, I'm, just, I'm just gonna start this over. Um, Nick, what do you got for us? Yeah, we're excited, we're almost at 100 followers. It's a very exciting time. But for my take this afternoon, well, this afternoon, start off again, start off again. Nick, what do you got for us? Yeah, we are getting close to 100 followers. It is a very exciting time. But for my take tonight, you know, I was thinking, as we were just in the What the Puck segment not too long ago, when you brought up the hockey assist, and we mentioned the basketball assist, and the differences there, and why there's no hockey assist in basketball, I have a question in baseball. Now, this isn't an original thought. Uh, It was mentioned by, I believe, Matt Holliday, and I agree with it. We all know what the sacrifice bunt is. You don't get a net bat. You're safe. You just move the runner along, and that that's that. What do you guys think of, you know, when a batter hits the ball, takes a full swing, moves the runner over, say, to the right side of the infield, gets the runner to the third base, yet he still receives an out and a net bat, an 0-1, as it were. What about a sacrifice swing? Uh, you know, they always get the high fives in the dugout. They always get the, uh, you know, the congratulations for moving the runner along, even though they took a full swing instead of a bunt. Just because the guy doesn't bunt, he receives an 0-4 in the stat book. Sully, you're a baseball guy. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I'm all for moving runners like that. Uh, yeah, you could certainly make a stat for that, um, but I think it's kind of just part of the game. You know, you're it, you're sacrificing yourself, and the teams that are good and smart enough keep track of those things keep track of quality at bats, which is a stat that I guess would either be an out like that that's productive or where you see at least seven pitches. You know, there's a lot of things that can get you a quality at bat, hitting the ball, a hard line drive. Um, a lot of teams in spring training will just look at the quality of at bats like that. But as far as measuring or having it measured within your batting average, I'm not a huge fan of that. I don't know. I, I don't dislike it, but I think it's kind of part of the beauty of baseball is being able to see beyond the surface layer of the game. So the more you know about it, the more you can understand why they do those things. So I don't necessarily think it needs to be reflected in the stat line. But I love the idea. And I love that people should just recognize that as a quality of bat rather than a ground out. And I love that response. A very valid point. Mm-hmm. Just throwing it out there. It was a take, and you've uh, responded in a way that has making making me reconsider. Uh, I, yeah. But, you know, I'm all in for the stats. There's, the stats craze is, is, all, is, is a great thing. I think there certainly should be... A statistic like listed on baseball reference for that. Yes. That would be slightly. For example, moving a runner to yeah. third base with a ground ball to the right side. Yeah. Something of, to quantify that. A lot of That's people, a college baseball phrase would just be called move mm. And you could just call that, they have a column for move however many you have throughout the season. That exactly. would be a great stat to look at, I think. So that was a great take, I think. And I know you have a take as well. 
Mine's more of a shout out. In fact, it solely is a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, just, you know, once again, shout out the alma mater, Chico State Baseball, number four team in the nation. Uh, they're playing with the conference tournament right now. Head coach Dave Taylor, uh, conference coach of the year. Uh, Cam Santos, conference player of the year. Two dudes I, I love, so shout out them. Hopefully Cam hears his name called in June um, and is drafted by a major league team and, and can forfeit a senior year of college because I know he hates school. So that, <laughs> that would be really big for Cam. I hope he, that happens. And you were just up in Chico not too long ago. Did yeah, you uh, see that? Did you see him? I there? did see Cam. Yeah, I saw Cam. Uh, a couple of guys I played with when I was there. Saw them sweep uh, Monterey Bay. Or no, they swept East Bay. Um, it was a good senior day at the ballpark. It was lovely. Saw a bunch of friends. Um, went out in Chico. That was a, a whole other mm-hmm. experience. I highly suggest it. If you've never been, go check it out. Great city. Shout out Riley's. Shout out Riley's, man. You know, it's a it's a wonderful place. Um, and finally, we'll, we'll leave the swine over here. Yeah, you know, I, <clears throat> you know I love my food and specifically fast food and today is a good day good day uh, I believe it was actually yesterday that it was announced even better um, day but uh, our boy Carter Wilkinson got the how many for how many retweets for chicken nuggets I believe for life is what the, the tweet said yeah. and he didn't get to 18 million but he broke Ellen's record for big, most retweeted at, um, and when he said you know what that's good enough free nuggets for a year shout out to Carter <laughs> Wilkinson um <laughs> And getting those nugs. Just reward that Carter got Carter gets and the you know, the charity involved nugs, everyone wins. There's a photo they posted on Wendy's, uh, and and breaks her own Twitter record. If if you can beat uh, Ellen at anything, that's great for Carter. We're happy, it's a great fast food flavor moment. Sully, any reaction? Yeah. Uh it's about <laughs> chicken nuggets and getting free chicken nuggets. I think that says a lot of good things. <laughs> week try to get some free dessert. Got some free dessert for his wife saying it was his birthday. So everyone does it. I guess that's just is a pretty good uh, microcosm. It's always better when it's American free. Twitter. Yeah, and secondly, maybe this is a hot take for you, uh, but what do we just hand? Stop. That? Are we just handing out participation trophies now? Oh, are we just handing oh, out participation okay. trophies? Okay. I was I'm scared saying, you were going to say something about Ellen, and I was going to. Oh no, I love you. Ellen. I'm just saying, 15 million short, 14 million and change. Uh, you don't think he deserves love, anything love the for breaking the, the the retweet record? <clears throat> think about that. Think That's about not a participation no, I trophy. I agree. That's no, not a participation trophy. But they set the bar at 18 mil, and he came up way short. I mean, they knew it was a ridiculous <laughs> bar. <laughs> I don't care. Fine. I mean, I'm happy for Carter. I'm not going to say I'm not. I'm not. I, one, I don't support participation wow. trophies. I'm just going to get that out there. I just, don't support just, participation just trophies. Just something to chew on right there. Sully with maybe just the, hottest, chew on. the hottest take of the night. Just something to chew on right take there. Too. Wow. I'm going to chew on some nuggets with Carter. How about that? I mean, he's probably going to hook you up. Yeah, you'd already know what it is. Fast food flavor gang. Mm, dang, gang. Anyway, thanks for joining us on another episode of Cautiously Optimistic. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CautiouslyPod. Check out the Facebook Cautiously optimistic. Uh, we may be headlining a comedy show soon. We were tagged in something. That's what it told us. So we, maybe we just show up. Yeah, I think we show up and we do a set. Yeah, why not? Maybe just do a live podcast from there. Yeah. I also, unfortunately, I mean, I saw Josh today oh. and he said he was going to come and he never showed up never to the studio. Up. Didn't even uh, Which is really weird. We've got Collins last two weeks. Do you know what happened to him? Was he? Uh, did he get caught in traffic or anything like that? No, I think he, he just sucks. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's probably what it is. I think in general, it. yeah. Anyway, thanks for joining us this time. Uh, we'll be back very soon with another episode of Cautiously Optimistic.